What's up, everybody? This is Matt DeMarinas, uh, bringing you another Blue Jay Beat postgame podcast sponsored by Court Date. Um, in case you're wondering, if you haven't checked it out yet, CourtDate.io is the official sponsor of this podcast, and it's uh, Omaha's new way to play if you're looking for an indoor sports facility to rent for pickup, skills training, team practices. Um, if you're looking for a socially distanced, COVID-friendly facility, um, shoot some hoops, um, get some open gym runs in, um, check out courtdate.io, um, and they'll hook you up with, uh, as kind of the middleman to local facilities around the Omaha metro area and get you some, get you some, get you some gym times. So check them out. Um, on the podcast today, I've got Ravi Lula from, I guess now we should, we actually do have a title for you. Now you're not just a mercenary anymore, right? Like, I mean, I still am kind of doing the mercenary thing too, at least through the end of basketball season. But uh, I guess co-host of the drive on ninety-three-seven, the ticket is the yeah. official title. Big time! Congrats for Ravi on getting his finally getting his fucking opportunity. It's been waiting forever. I appreciate that. It uh, it it feels nice to be validated. Right. That's like what it's all about. Yeah. It's like all right. You keep bringing me in. Is this like? backup point guard role type of guy and <laughs> i feel like i've put in enough years where i should have the starting job by now right yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely not about the money that's for sure um but yeah it's just like one of those things where it's like hey you put me on the air all the time like are we doing this or not it's like yeah. that uh it's like are we in a relationship are we dating am i just buying you meals all the time like what's going on here <laughs> exactly well, I'm happy for you that you got your big break. I I don't know if I've made it Facebook official that I'm happy for you, but it's okay. You, know. you made it Twitter official, I think. Did I? I you I'm liked sure. it at least, I think. Yeah, I think I did. Well, it's because you told us like a month before you announced it. Yeah, well, that was so where think... that was where the initial congratulations came from us. And yeah, then when, it you came it, when you announced it on Twitter, I was just like, "Wait, people don't know or that yet." Okay. Yeah. So the. Basically, I got offered the job, and then I had to get my full-time job to work out with my schedule and everything. So right. the Twitter and Facebook announcement came after all that stuff had been uh, squared away. But I told you guys that I got the offer like a month ago. So Yeah. So where can people listen to you then? Because that's what this whole segment was basically about for me. It was plugging you for the listeners. Yeah. yeah so uh, 93.7, the ticket, uh, that's... FM in Lincoln from three to six every Monday through Friday. Uh, you can also go to uh, the ticketfm.com and live stream there, or you can also just search uh, the drive 93, seven, the ticket in your podcast platform and it'll pop up there. It might still pop up with the picture of the last co-host, but just trust that it's the right thing. Who was the last co-host? Who was who uh, a guy named Ryan. Oh. He's a white guy who does not look like me. I was going to say, I mean, when you said Ryan, I automatically assumed, I don't know if that's a good thing to do, but I automatically assumed he didn't look like you. Yeah. He, uh, he was like a, he was a young, I think he was actually a Syracuse. He was like a new house grad. Oh really? Uh, yeah. But he was like straight out of college and he was, he was baby faced. Hmm. Not bearded and rugged like you. Yeah. He looked like a child. So if you guys were fighting physically for this job, would you still have it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Gotcha. Cool. So it would survive in any time. Barbaric. Oh, or... Unless you want to 
go to like he went to a real school and I didn't, but you know. Oh well, yeah, that's overrated. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Creighton fell to Xavier seventy-seven sixty-nine today in uh, the lovely Sintas Center, Sintas Center. Um. So Robbie and I here are here to break down the game for you, answer your panic-stricken questions. Most likely, I haven't really looked at them yet, but I assume that's what they're <laughs> what they are. There was a lot of panic during the game from the timeline, from the old timeline. So I just assume that translates over to the post game. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, I guess Robbie, what do you think about today's game? Um, why was Xavier able to, you know? play from the lead as much as they were and control that game uh, to the degree they did, despite, you know, not being as good as Creighton. I mean, Creighton, I thought just wasn't locked in defensively the way they needed to be. Um, I don't know if the news of Nate Johnson not playing kind of made them think that it was a gimme, but um, their, especially their on ball defense was just really bad. It felt like, Xavier got into the paint and to the bucket pretty much as much as they wanted to. It really, I know in the moment, sometimes it feels like it's like, Oh, these guys are hitting shots that don't, don't normally hit shots. But I mean, for the game, I think Xavier was right at 33%, which is what they are on the season um, from three point range. I, you know, I didn't think they shot the ball particularly well from three, but I think they were somewhere North of 60% from two point range. And, a lot of that's just because Creighton wasn't defending on ball very well. And you get a lot of easy looks uh, when guys are driving the basket. And then even if you do send help, when the on-ball defense is continually compromised, then you're going to get open looks somewhere around the rim if you have to send help defense all the time. So uh, I thought it was just a matter of the defense not being locked in and executing to the way they needed to. Um, everything else kind of stemmed from that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's – I think if you're looking for a common thread in, in some of Creighton's losses this year, it's – maybe all of them, honestly. It's not that they can't allow anything in the paint. It's that they can't let playmakers get into the paint. You know what I mean? So it's not – I think yeah. I think Creighton's fine with post players getting the ball with their back to the basket and whatnot and trying to, you know, score one-on-one against Christian Bishop, Ryan Kalkbrenner, plus – um, guards digging into the post and trying to get the ball out of there. Like Creighton, <laughs> Creighton doesn't have a problem defending that type of old school style, but it's when playmakers get through that initial um, defense, when they get through the gap where the gap help is supposed to be there to, to keep that out of there. When they get into that initial area, that mid range area, and then they can make plays facing the basket. So they can see the whole floor essentially right there. They can see the wings. They can see the. They can get all the way to the rim. That's when Creighton has had problems stopping teams. Is when that area becomes compromised. And I think that was pretty much what you were seeing today out of Xavier. You know, Paul Scruggs, yeah. Devon Odom, um, Colby Jones. They all got into that area of the floor, and Even it created Franklin problems for Dunkel. Creighton's defense. That uh, dude from Belmont, Dunkel or whatever his name is. Kunkel. Kunkel. Kunkel, yeah. Adam, um, Adam Kunkel is his name. And he looks like an Adam Kunkel. I mean, that just like – yeah. If you, if you, read, if you just like, like saw him on the in an internet store, you'd be like, his name's Adam Kunkel. Yeah, yeah if I saw his name on a uh, intramural sheet sign-up mm-hmm. for a three-on-three basketball league, 
You'd point um, him out in the gym. I'd be like, oh, that's Adam Kunkel right there. Like, that's I him. Know. That's that guy. Um, that's, that's who he is. Yeah, and so it was. It was everybody. Yeah. Once you allow, I mean, people talk a ton about like help defense and rim protection and all this kind of stuff, but it all starts with your on-ball containment. If that's compromised easily, then you're gonna you're gonna give up a lot of points. That's just what it is. Because you're giving up great looks either at the rim or on kickouts. Well, yeah, but especially it's compromising your defense, right? Like it automatically is compromising your defense. Mm-hmm. And no matter how good the initial rotation or even the help the helper is, you're in a compromised position. So somebody you're always chasing somebody that's open. Yep. As soon as you get beat on ball and especially for a Xavier team, that's not that good at shooting the ball from the perimeter. You shouldn't and, and be, missing and missing their top three point shooter to boot. Yeah. And missing by far their top three point shooter. Like it's not even close. They were five for 36 um, coming into t- today in the last two games, they shot seven for 21 today. So while thirty-three percent isn't great, seven for twenty-one for Xavier is something they'll take every single day now without Nate Johnson. Hundred percent. Yeah. But my point is, usually when you're getting beat off the dribble like they were today, it's because you have to press up so far on the perimeter to make sure they're not getting three-point jumpers off. Mm-hmm. With a team like Xavier, you can give them that little extra space to make sure you don't get blown by. Right. And somehow they were still getting blown by. That's the part yeah. that's frustrating. Seven for 21 it, on its own is fine in terms of, like, if you ask Creighton what they want to give up to Xavier from the perimeter. Seven for, like, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll live for seven, oh, seven for 21. But 100%. it's when you allow 44 points in the paint plus seven for 21 on the perimeter, then you, yes. just, you just haven't stopped anything at that point because you've given up yeah, what you, you – you've given up what you wanted to give up from three, and then Xavier's taking whatever they want on the interior. Yeah, you just gave away everything. You gave away the store. Exactly. Like there was no res- there was no resistance to any part of Xavier's offense. And if you're again, if you're playing a team like Xavier that doesn't shoot the ball well, you should never get beat off the dribble. Mm-hmm. No one on that team, Paul Scruggs included, is so otherworldly gifted that if you're allowing them the three point shot, they should be able to still beat you off the dribble with that sort of consistency. Like it shouldn't happen. And it just happened all day long. It did, which is, again, crazy that <laughs> Creighton found themselves in a three-point game with, like, four minutes to go somehow. So. And it's also crazy to think that this is the same team. I keep laughing about the fact that they haven't they – have, they've, they've thrown out what people would perceive as clunkers, and they still haven't got their teeth kicked in yet. It's crazy. Yeah, they still haven't gotten blown out. I mean, and it just – it's hard to – it's hard to uh, reconcile the fact that the effort that we saw defensively today was the same team that could have held DePaul to like 40 points mm-hmm. and that completely clipped the wings of Villanova and that we'd seen played. And like, listen, every game they lose, they play defense like this, right? That's just yep. what it is. Yeah. When they play Yes. Defense like this and there's they, no there's they, no there's no secret to it. Like we're not we're not we're not you know, we're diving we're diving deep into this, but it's basically the same story every time. It's the common denominator because people yeah. are like, Oh, they didn't shoot the ball well. It's like, yeah, they've won a bunch of games where they didn't shoot the ball well this year. Right. Exactly. Like that's not the common denominator. The common denominator is their defensive execution 
is really poor in the games they lose. Yeah, it's a separator this year. And that's it. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And Xavier isn't talented enough for for me to think, oh, it's a Xavier issue, not a Creighton issue. Like, there are some teams where I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a talent gap issue here, not a – I mean, there, not, there aren't many, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I but there's sure. probably a few around the country. I'm not even talking about the Big East. I'm talking about around the country Yeah, where too. Creighton would show up and I'd be like, if they're consistently getting beat off the dribble like that, I'd say, okay, that's a talent gap issue. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but there are a handful of those. Xavier is not in that category. Xavier is a Creighton did not show up defensively. Yeah. So just think, here's the disparity we're talking about here. Just we're going to isolate two Xavier games, right? One, they won. I mean, there was a 14 point difference in the margin of victory for each team. Creighton won by five in Omaha, lost by nine today, or lost by eight today. So 13 point. Which is their margin. largest margin of victory or margin of loss, right? Yeah. That and uh, Georgetown. I thought right? Georgetown was seven. Was Georgetown seven? I think Georgetown was seven. Okay. I think. Yeah, you might be right. 86 79. Yeah, you're right. So this was their dang, this was their largest. <laughs> they were within three with four minutes to go, and this is their largest loss of the year. Okay. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, that's why I'm not like Well, hold on. Let me make this point first, because I think, oh, you know, the people people don't probably don't want to hear the sunshine yet. But so uh Xavier was eight for thirty-two from three in Omaha and sixteen of thirty-six um inside the arc. So they were twenty-five percent from three-point range and forty-four percent inside. And they only attempted seven free throws. So that's what Ravi and I are kind of talking about right here is if you, you Creighton get is gonna give up what they want what they what they'll let you take the threes for if you're Xavier because they know that's not where your bread is buttered. That's yeah. not how you're gonna beat them essentially. And if you do beat them that way, I mean yeah, fair, fair, fair play to you. Congratulations, you played out of your mind. Um Today, Xavier was 7 for 21 from three. Again, a number both in makes and in efficiency that Creighton is fine with giving up. That's that's 21 points on 21 shots from three. Yeah, is it, Live with that. Creighton's yeah. like, okay, go ahead, Xavier. That's fine. Um, Xavier was 25 of 38 from two. So in the first game, they scored 32 points inside on 36 shots. In this, in this game today, they scored 50 on 38. That's where you're that's where Creighton had problems today. Was Xavier got downhill with their playmakers and they were able to generate easy um opportunities, whether it be in those little pull-up games, because Scruggs is good there, uh, whether it was guys getting all the way to the rim and finishing, um, whether it was Fremantle finding angles to get Fremantle the ball in post-up situations where you know, it was hard to block the shot on the catch. Like, he just had to get up, basically catch and go up, and it's a bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Jason Carter. And then you have your kickout opportunities for Adam Kunkel. Um, I think Fremantle knocked one down. Scruggs hit a couple. You know, they're just – when you let playmakers get into the paint and let them, like, face the basket and look at your defense, they can find ways to make you rotate. And if you're rotating constantly as a defense, you're usually behind the ball, as Robbie said. So that's what Creighton's problems were today. I mean, they just couldn't catch up to Xavier because they were allowing that downhill penetration too much. Yeah, when you get beat off the dribble, it it screws everything else up. Yeah, like that's just. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept, but like you said, if you're if you're beat off the dribble, you have to rotate, and if you have to rotate, 
you're chasing someone who is open because yeah. you had to rotate away from them. So somebody's yeah. open and you're chasing them, hoping to get there before they get a good look. Right. And sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't. But the point is when you're always compromised, you're going to give up more good looks than, than not. And I mean, you said 25 for 38, that's 65% from two. Yep. Like you lose, you shoot 65% from two, you lose. Right. Or you allow somebody you to allow shoot it. Yeah. You allow it. Yeah. Yeah. You allow, you allow somebody to shoot 65% from two on that type of volume, you lose like that's ball game. I'm sorry. It is. It's, I mean, it's tough. I think it's funny because they did have a chance to win it still, but it's hard to win that way. Xavier's not that good. Yeah. Xavier in their current state is not that good. And Creighton is a pretty good amount better than they are. I know people don't want to hear that because they just lost, Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is even playing that poor of defense, allowing 65% shooting from two point range and allowing a number of threes that Xavier hadn't made in the last two games combined, which again, I still don't think the threes are the problem. Um, But when you take the seven threes and add it to the 65% from two, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like Creighton just, it was just horrible execution by Creighton. Because they were, because they were one point per possession on threes. One point per shooting possession. One point per shooting possession on threes, Xavier was. And they were well north of that on twos. So there's just no, like you said, uh, when you give up what you want to give up, and then you also give up what you don't want to give up, you're basically not stopping anything, right? Yeah, you're not. So so that's what I mean. Creighton's defense didn't stop anything today. They gave up one point per possession on, uh, one point per shooting possession on threes, which is what they were fine giving up to Xavier, right? And then they were over that on twos, which is what they didn't want to give up to Xavier. So the resistance was there non-existent. Was no, there was no resistance. Yeah. yeah. And it all comes back to the point of attack. They weren't stopping ball. Right. And so Xavier was able to get whatever they want, whether it was inside or outside. I was, I mean, honestly, if I were Creighton, and I don't know if they were so concerned. About, I don't know what it was. I don't know if they just weren't locked in. I don't know if they were so concerned about, the interior play that they were doing something different on their on-ball defense. Honestly, I would have just been like, Hey, Fremantle, like post up all day, get what you can get, like, good luck, whatever, you know, rather than consistently give up. Cause I mean, Fremantle has been averaging what, like 23 and 10 over his last five and they lost or over his last four coming into it. And they lost three out of the four. Right. So Fremantle going off, like doesn't beat you. Yeah. Right. Cause Fremantle isn't right. going to create for other people. Fremantle is going to get his 23, but that's all he's getting. Yep. If Scruggs get his, gets his 20, but it's because he's living eight feet from the basket facing it, mm-hmm. he's going to get his 20. And then Kunkel is going to get his 10 and Odom's going to get his 10. Yeah. Like that's why I mean, Scruggs had, Scruggs had 23 today and five assists. Yeah. 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 And it's not just the assists, but it's the assists. And then it's the him kicking out to somebody who's getting closed out on. And then that right. guy dribbling. Right. And yeah. like, it's, it's just a whole collapse of the system. Mm-hmm. You're much better off if you just say, Hey, Fremantle, like go to work, work as hard as you want, get your 23 points, 25 points, whatever and on 18, 20 shots, however many shots it takes you to get there. Mm-hmm. And that way your defense just is never compromised because on a post-up, unless you double hard and he's a good passer, your defense is never compromised. It's just one-on-one in the post. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, 
Offensively, though, there were a few things that didn't go Creighton's way either. Um, I think Christian Bishop finished two for four in this game with four turnovers. That's uh, massively out of character. Um, he also picked up four fouls, so he was in foul trouble in the first half. Um, Mitch Ballack finished four for eight, but it took him a while to get going. Denzel Mahoney was three for 14. And the bench outside of Ryan Kalkbrenner did not do anything again. So that, you know, that reared its ugly head again. That bench production is key in that reserve wing spot because, like, you know, Again, if you have wings that are the starters who aren't on, you need to make that up somewhere else. And if if Sharif Mitchell and Alex O'Connell and Antoine Jones give you, first of all, zero points, zero points, 0 for 4 shooting, two assists, two rebounds. Yeah, they weren't even a threat. That's part of the problem. And that's, just- that's, and that's in basically 21 minutes between the three of them. Yeah. So seven minutes average, that's what, two stints essentially for each? Yeah. And they didn't they didn't produce. They produced nothing. Right. And they didn't and again, they didn't even produce a threat. Right. If they're they're what you said over two between the three of them? Yep. Over four. Like that's over four. You're not even threatening to score at that point. So you're I mean, I don't want to say you're playing four on five on offense, but pretty close. I mean, if they if if Xavier knows that you're a non entity on offense. Well, like, I don't yeah, know. If Xavier didn't know that they were not, but they just didn't produce. Xavier, I think Xavier regarded those guys like they were producers, but they just didn't do it. They didn't. But that's what I mean. It has to be. There has to be like a. Um, you have to supplement that somewhere. If you're not, if Mitch and Denzel are off, so they were. Yeah, if Denzel goes for, three for four. So Mitch and Denzel were seven for twenty-two today. Seven for twenty-two with. Looks like they only had one turnover, but seven for twenty-two. Um, shooting the basketball, there has you have to make that up somewhere in that wing group. You know what I mean? Especially if Christian's going to be in foul trouble and uh, not score at a high level. So yeah, because you, you, you have three, you have three, you have essentially three starters that are at either below average production or below average efficiency in their production, and you have to make that up elsewhere. This really isn't complicated when you break it down like that. You have to get bench production to help it, and they didn't. Kalkbrenner was Kalkbrenner helped. So Kalkbenner made up for Bishop. Yep. And Mitch made up for his his you know off day late. No one made up for Denzel going three for 14. Yeah, you that's, and that's where your you different and that's your difference right there. When you're trying to break down like how do you make up an eight-point deficit? It's it's right, yeah, it's, it's, right in, it's right, it's right in there that the three wings off the bench did not score. And honestly, Kalkbrenner didn't make all the way up for Bishop because we've been able to count on 15 points a game out of Bishop yeah. the last couple of weeks or the last like, you know, five, six games. And so even I get the call printer had nine, but even in a lot of those games where Bishop has 15, you're getting seven, eight, nine yeah. from call printer anyway. But I mean, nine, nine, four rebounds, two blocks in 16 minutes. That's pretty good. Four. Or no, five it's good. Don't get so yeah, me wrong. Yeah. But in order to make up for Bishop, he would have had to get you like 18. Sure. I'm, you know just, I'm, I mean? just, I'm like, just separating Kalkbrenner from the three wings though, off the bench. Yes. Kalkbrenner was efficient, had a good game. He did his job. Yeah. He just didn't do enough to make up for the fact that Bishop was in foul trouble and a non-factor for large portions of the game, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying he should have to, he did his job, but you, if you are counting on, you know, 14, 15 points a game for Bishop, which is what you've been getting. 
and you don't get them, like that's your difference right there. And then, you know, you're counting on some level of efficiency from Mahoney and you don't get it. And what a lot of people, and I'm not hating on Denzel right now, but what a lot of people haven't noticed is in a lot of the games that he's not playing well or shooting well, I should say, he's only taken like eight shots, right? There's a lot of two for eights, two for sevens in there Mm -hmm. when he's not shooting the ball well. Um, three for 14 is a different thing. You're taking up a lot of possessions there and I'm not saying he shouldn't have shot, but the fact of the matter is he just, he missed a lot. And so you're, you're coming away with a lot of empty possessions when he shoots, shot the ball today. And I didn't think he had the same level of defensive intensity that he's had in recent weeks. And so there's been games, I think where he shot like two for nine, where I still thought he played incredible basketball. I didn't think he brought it on the other side of the floor today either. And so that's kind of part of the issue with Denzel is, okay, you can survive if he's not shooting the ball well, but if he's being disruptive on defense, the way he has been in some of these games and just kind of wreaking havoc on other teams, then yeah, you can live with that. You can live with the two for nine because he's so good on the other end, he's making up for it. But everyone today on Creighton's defensive end was getting kind of worked over and if you do that and you're not making any shots and you're taking up a lot of possessions with those missed shots, that's kind of a recipe for a loss. And that's, I mean, it's pretty simple what happened. Yeah. I thought like Mitch, Mitch Ballack was the best defender today for Creighton. <clears throat> it's weird. It's that weird. feels like a, feels like pro, that feels problematic. I mean, cause I mean, Mitch was getting scored on, but he was making it as tough as you're supposed to on that. He was making them work. Yeah. 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 And he does. And he's really good at that swipe through that little Andre Iguodala swipe through. So he, like I said, his, he wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy against Mitch today. I thought when he got switched onto by like Fremantle and Carter, he did a good job of staying on his ground, mm-hmm. making him work for it. Um, yeah. Again, he got scored on, everybody else got scored on, but he got scored on and it required the amount of work that it's supposed to take. Yes. And I didn't think it compromised the entire defense. Usually when he got scored on, it's because he got mismatched somehow. Mm-hmm. Like on one of those switches on the perimeter. And it wasn't like the entire defense collapsed because he got just burned off the dribble. Right. Agreed. Um, I thought Marcus Zagorowski got off to a really good start in this game. But I don't know what I noticed from Xavier, but... I think the production leveled off a little bit because he was a. Uh, I mean, it's hard to. He had like ten. And I mean, he was. He had fifteen points, ten assists, one one turnover in thirty eight minutes. So he played pretty well. Um, but you know, one for six from three. Um, he probably wants some of those back. And it just felt sure. like I think what he had five. Only five points after halftime. What he should. Yeah, I think he only had five and four after halftime. Yeah, so five points on two of seven shooting in the second half. Uh, so Xavier definitely made things tougher on him than they were in the first half. And Denzel was two of nine in the second half, too. So, like, that's, you know, your top two. Um, four of 16. Your top two, your top two, like, go-to guys right there are four for 16 in the second half. It's pretty tough. That's how a two-point deficit goes to – a two-point deficit where you were playing well going into the locker room. Because what Xavier they were down 25 16, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they scored they had closed the half pretty well. Yeah, 15 points in the last 12 possessions of the of the first half. Um, and then 
you know, it just resets again and, and your top two guys, your go-to guys struggle with their efficiency in the second half. So like, you know, we, we've talked about the defense offensively. They didn't have enough to overcome that. Like you have to be in order to win a game that's being dictated like this, where Xavier's taking the air out of the ball and scoring at a high rate at the same time, you have to be absurdly efficient on your end of the floor. Yeah. Like we saw it, uh, the second Seton Hall game, right? Creighton played bad defense for like 30 minutes in that game. Yes. And was just getting worked same way they were getting worked here. Uh, but they shot 17 for 35 for three. So they were in it and they were able to win with five minutes of good defense at the end. Like that's what it was. Creighton's defense locked up a little bit at the end when they closed it to three, they were able to, in, to, to lock it down and, and start playing, getting some stops, but they weren't shooting 17 for 35 from three. So it, they weren't able to overcome the 35 minutes of bad defense before that. Like if you're going to play defense this way, you have to operate an incredible level offensively. And they just didn't. Most definitely. Let's uh, jump into questions. This is a pretty easy game to break down, honestly. It really, I mean, it's not, it's not. Like it, it felt, it felt like everybody, it felt like I had a good grasp of it when I was watching it too. I'm like, well, they can't allow that. And they just did. So. Yeah, I was like, hey, you should um, – that guy with the basketball, you should keep him in front of you. No, no, let, you're supposed you should, to stay between him and the basket. You should let him face the basket in that 18 to 25-foot range, not the uh, 12 to 15-foot range. foot range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, first question from Jacob Badilla, true or false? Ravi would have had as much success staying in front of the Musketeers as Creighton did today. True. I mean, that's, that's rough. Ravi, you what's your foot speed like? What's your lateral quickness like these days? It's not about lateral quickness. It's that I'm so wide. Okay. That it's very difficult to get around me. So There's, my foot speed yeah. can be like half, and it just could take them twice as long to get around me. But see, you have to almost go reverse Grinnell on this one because I don't know if you're going to get down the floor in time to be in front. Well, that's not. That's not what he asked. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. I'm just yeah. I'm throwing in the mechanics no, of, of actual listen, full court. couple things. No, number one, I, I'm assuming based on the question I asked that I am You're already, already in the half court. Okay. All right. Second, Xavier was walking it up a lot. I like my chances there. That's, a, that's fair. This wasn't a this wasn't a fast paced game. All right. And if I didn't I'll stay be- in front of them, I would have fouled them. So what's your final answer on that one then? Yes, 100%. You would have fared just as just as well then? Not worse. I mean they lost, so I'm not going to fare worse. They only lost by 8 though. That that loss could have been <laughs> that loss could have been much much worse. <laughs> Listen, I would have I would have used my fouls well. Okay, fair enough. Listen, here's the thing. I would have fouled out before I got scorched is the thing. Mm. Okay. So on the ones so that the scorching be- comes as a result of you not being on the floor anymore is what you're saying. But that would have been against other guys. So not. Yeah, my I, know, I know that's what I'm saying. So you would not have that would have been wouldn't have been on you essentially. Is what you're exactly. Saying. Okay. They either don't get around me or they get fouled. That's how it works. <laughs> Understood. All right, Mike Famosi wants to know did did you? I think this is for. I don't know what this is for. <laughs> Did I? Did you get the same chills as Ravi five years ago today watching Golden State? Um, I didn't get chills at all today. Did you get chills today? 
What's... I mean, I get chills every time I watch that clip. Oh, yeah, the Steph Curry clip. Yeah. He's talking about the Curry clip. Yeah, I got okay. you. I know what it's about. I just don't understand the dynamics of this, the, the mechanics of this question a little bit. So I think he's asking, he's asking, is he asking me if I had the same chills as Ravi five yeah, years ago cause... watching Golden State? Yeah. So I is he asking I, you I, if you had the same. Ch- I don't know what the. I, I think know. he's asking you. Okay. If you had the same chills that I get when I watch the Steph Curry clip. Oh, oh, for sure. Bang, bang. Yeah. I love the bang, bang. And actually, you know what? I get chills anytime Mike Breen goes bang, bang. Like that's, <laughs> those are special that's moments. Fair. Like Luca in the bubble against the, yep. against the Clippers. That's bang, bang. Like the bang, bangs are big. Those are like, they yeah, are I get, big moments. I'm a big basketball fan. So I don't, you know, MJ's long retired now. So I'm just looking for moments. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. When Mike Breen goes bang bang, I'm, I'm I get chills for sure. I'm a little more devoted to the uh, Curry experience than you are specifically, yeah. but as a uh, basketball aficionado, I feel like it, it means just as much to you. Yes, I mean I think I've pulled that that specific highlight with Steph pulling from 45 for the win, and Breen going bang bang for like the election and stuff. So I've used it in multiple. <laughs> I've used it in several different contexts. So yeah, it's my, it's a go-to for sure. Cause 100%. I get chills watching it. So yeah, it's, it's, I have it somewhere in my clip reel. I think I've used it a lot. A lot. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see how fast I can find it. And you know, it'll, 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 <laughs> let, it'll let you know how current it is in my. That'll tell you how committed you are to it. Exactly. And we'll play it for you if I can find it quick. That's one of those where like, it's like, I remember where I was. Yeah. I was in a, uh, I was in the TD Ameritrade Park press box. Were you? Yeah. I was uh, in my living room in Ashland, and it was like it happened at like midnight because it was a West Coast game or like eleven. It was <laughs> I just have those seven seconds clipped out. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just when Steph comes. It's just when Steph starts to like teeter towards half court. Let's see. I'll play it for everybody. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Yeah. So that's I have that like those seven seconds just randomly for when I feel like a moment requires a bang bang. Which, you know, it does sometimes. It does sometimes. I felt like, you know, when little District 2 in Nebraska got, you know, got a... Bang, bang. Told Trump to F off. Bang, bang. It's <laughs> a Mike Green. Bang, bang. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's there. I, so, I get chills. I definitely get chills watching that. That's a moment for sure. Just so many things about that clip that I love. Obviously, just like... The whole game the is like chilling. Like that whole game is epic. If people haven't seen, you find that somewhere on YouTube, if it's still around. Oh yeah, I've watched the game in its entirety probably yeah. four times. That game is like one of legitimately, legitimately one of the greatest regular season basketball games ever. College, yes. pro, anything like it is legitimately and epic. It's incredibly well played on both sides, and then you've got Curry going for twelve threes to at the time tie the record. Plus, you get the icing on the cake with the bang bang. Yep. But there's so many things about that shot that I love because you can see, like, the moment Curry crosses half court, the Oklahoma City bench like urging Roberson to to move, get up on him, <laughs> and then you can see the moment when Roberson realized he backpedaled a half step too far, and it's like that uh, episode of The Simpsons where they're like, where it's like Ralph 
Wiggum and you're like, you can see exactly the moment where his heart breaks because he like is in love with Lisa. <laughs> That's the Andre Roberson moment where like he takes just one half step too far back and you can see it in his eyes. He's like, oh no. And you can see it on the bench too. They all realize it at the same time that he, he done effed up. And he done after, <laughs> and it's just, the whole thing is beautiful. I love it. I just love how transcendent that play is because when it happened, it was shocking. Like the whole sports world was shocked that Steph, because this was Steph's ascension, right? He was already a one time MVP, but this was a 70 win year or mm-hmm. 73 win year, whatever. And this was at the unanimous MVP year. And that was like his MVP moment. Yes. And that was like, he pulled from there and it literally, the game itself was like incredibly incredible. But when he, the way he ended it was also just like it, it, that, that highlight will live forever. And, and it's, and it's part, and it also led to a seven game series in the playoffs. Like there, there is so much about what the game looks like now that is tied to that moment. It's just like it's it's incredible. Also, like all the all the Dame game winners from like forty are possible because of that. Dame didn't do that before Steph did. Right. That's what I mean. It changed. It changed the trajectory of the NBA. That shot. Steph gave Dame permission to shoot those, Mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh, oh, we can shoot those now. Cool." That's why. That's why most people hate the NBA now. It's because like dudes literally pull from the parking lot. And defense has been rendered irrelevant because you can't cover that much ground and still be that good. And it's like, it's like, well, they don't play any defense. No, they try. It's just like sometimes you have, it's just now you have guys who are just like absurd shot makers more yes. often now because Steph changed the world. Like he changed the whole basketball world. They're like, oh, we can just like come up and take shots like that and shit in real games if we practice them a lot. Like coaches are like, and more coaches now are like, yes, you can. Like what you see with Creighton right now, Mitch Ballack is uh, what? Seven for 11. Last I checked from, from the parking lot range, essentially 30 plus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go back through every single shot chart in Creighton history. Not even Kyle Corver was doing that nonsense. So if you practice it, a coach will be like, okay, go ahead and try it in a game. And if you hit it in games, you can keep doing it. Yeah, it's real simple. Like, there's nothing that's off limits anymore if it works. Right, exactly, yeah. And it's just one of those things where there's. it's not like, oh, there's these unwritten rules. You can't shoot from there. It's like, well, why not? I shoot it better from here than uh-huh. most fools do from 18. Exactly. So I'm going to shoot it from here. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm open. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I can dribble into a rhythm jump shot, like, at will. And if I have space from 40, I'm shooting from 40. Well, like you've seen the, you've seen the like Curry pregame stuff. Like yeah. he makes like ten of those in a row when they're uncontested. He he he's starting to hit, he like hits from the concourse in in warmups. Is it from the concourse? But like, have you seen? The I've seen him like, hit a concourse three. Like, but you know how he shoots that three before he runs in the tunnel. Yeah. Usually he shoots it from the tunnel at a weird angle. Yeah. Like this year he hit one from the concourse because there's not fans in the stands. Yeah. He went out into the freaking concourse and blasted one before he ran into the tunnel. Yeah, like and and then I mean, the dude has like the dude has like galaxy range. Like he just it doesn't matter. And they're all jump shots. They're not like he doesn't heave it. Like they're all jump I shots. Know, that's the, <laughs> just flick, he just flicks them. He's just that's absurd. The best part is that none of it's never it it's never a chuck. It's just like, oh, yeah. that's his normal jumper. 
Yeah, like he's in rhythm. Raise, he's got good elevation. The follow through <laughs> looks good. Yeah, it's not one of those like where he's just throwing it at the backboard and hoping it banks in. No, it's like that. You remember that old Powerade commercial? He cashes the bang bang. By the way, the bang bang three. You couldn't see it, but like if you haven't seen it yet, you need to. But he cashes yeah, it. Was, like that's there's no backboard involved. He smokes that thing. Somebody was trying to tell me that he banked that, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. There is absolutely no glass on that play you None. show some goddamn respect <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is not there is no backboard there well, he like cashes that, that barely draws back iron okay? yeah it was straight cash it was I so was... cash like the net it's not like straight cash is when the net barely moves but yeah. curry hit that one so smooth that the net almost wrapped the ball around that's how much he hit it by yeah like he, he got I mean, just enough were... he got just enough back of the jaw that the net had to wrap the ball like when it went through it because yeah. it he hit that because the angle of where it went through like that was straight cash yeah no backboard involved get out None. of here with that he pulled from 40 and gamed him with no backboard it's disrespectful and andre roberson is like doing something else with his life now. andre roberson like can't have a job anymore yeah he doesn't he'll play, yeah he's like i can't i don't want to guard that stuff he went from being one of the best defenders in the league one of the best perimeter defenders in the league to, to not having a job because it's like, oh, that's what they're doing now? Well, A, because that's what they're doing now, and B, there's no place in the league, no matter how good defensively you are, for a guy that can't make a shot. Correct, yeah. Like, the league is just like, oh, we can't play four and five on offense. This doesn't work. No. You have to go. We need, we need firepower. Yeah, especially considering no matter how good you are on defense, like people are still going to hit shots on you. Mm-hmm. So you can't be enough of a plus on defense for it to matter. Yep. All right, moving on to Ben Clausen. Uh, who else doesn't like being the quote unquote hunted this year and getting most teams best shots and they shoot lights out? See Marquette December 14th. Yeah, I mean, Creighton's been in that mode for a minute, haven't they? Um, but you kind of you, you have to expect that stuff as fans when you're as excited as you are for bringing back a large percentage of your nucleus from a good season. You're marked. You're marked for. You're marked for death essentially every game because you got the. I mean, that's part of. Villanova's been doing this for years, people. Like, that's what makes what they do so incredible because they've been marked for every year. Yeah, every six, year. seven years now going. And I mean, every year that Creighton's been in the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, except yeah. for the first one. Right. Um, they were picked I, the, the first. The first year in the league, Creighton, that was the only year that Villanova wasn't the. Uh, yeah, Marquette the quote unquote team to chase them. I mean, they ended up being a really good team that year. Yeah. Um, and won the league and everything, but they were preseason fourth, so they weren't like they weren't Nova Nova. Yeah that season but every season since then they've been the marked team like it's nova it's a big game sell out uh student sections always rowdy they always teams always give them their best shot and whatnot that's that's the price of winning at a high level to sustain it you have to be able to withstand teams best shots every night well that's my thing is like yeah i want to be the hunted because that means you're good yeah right the hunter means at some point in the very recent history. <laughs> the very recent, yeah. In the very I, recent past, it means you were not good at one point. And I have no yeah. interest in that whatsoever. Put the target <laughs> on my back, let's go. Yeah. Well, see, now that you have your own like own show on the radio, you're a marked man now. Apparently. See, before you were like the hunter. You were like, I'm just, I'll take, you know, 
if you need me to host here, host there, host there, I'll do it all, whatever. Now that you have your own gig, everyone's going to be like trying to be the next Ravi. They're like, yeah, I'll host yeah. here, host there, host there, everywhere. And then I'm coming for them. I, uh, That's what I happens mean, when you move up in the world. Like you I'm still, I've still got, I still got plenty of big game ahead of me though, that I'm still hunting. So, you know, well, that's, yeah, that's the, that's how you keep it though. Yeah. You keep that. That's yeah. how you stay successful is by keeping that hunter mentality. You gotta, you gotta stay hungry. Yeah. So that's what Creighton deals with. Like, yeah, Xavier was really hungry today, but if Creighton had been as hungry, they would have won by 15. Yeah. If Creighton had had it locked in the mindset of like, Hey, back-to-back Big East champs, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have been locked in enough defensively to overcome a bad shooting day yeah. or an average shooting day, whatever, right. but they weren't. Yeah. They were really hungry against Georgetown. Why? Because Georgetown beat them the first time in their own building. They were like, oh, we don't like that. So Creighton came in as the hunters, and they didn't shoot that well, and guess what happened? That thing was a blowout. Yeah, they still waxed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to find that hunter mentality at, at all times. It's hard. But that's what makes, you know, the that's what makes, that's what makes good teams. Fit. That's what makes good teams great is the edge. And that's you, what you makes find that edge. Right, pressure it yourself. Frankly, yep. Um, Martin Swanson, are there are there any free throw schools open that perhaps a certain team can enroll in? Are there free throw schools at all? Do those exist? I think our uh, are there free throw our- shooting specialists? Like in, I'm sure there are. There's also I'm there's sure. all kinds of weird grifters in sports training everybody's trying to make some money off of somebody something uh-huh. you know uh i think our friend uh, tim krueger has offered to teach him how to shoot free throws <laughs> maybe they should finally take him up maybe maybe you should give him a call yeah i mean i don't know it's i don't know it's a uh it's not a good deal for no it's terrible i mean obviously it's terrible. <laughs> here's the thing it is who they are at this point because the sample size is quite large to determine that they are just not a good free throw shooting team. Um, the issue is, will it cost them a game they should win in the NCAA tournament? Because I feel like I don't know what the history of poor shooting free throw teams, poor-ish. Free, I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not good. Um. I don't know what the history of bad free throw shooting teams is, but I have a feeling that they have a ceiling that's not um, going to make an NCAA, a deep run in the tournament easy. Like I mean, they'll have to rely on their ability to hit the outside shot at a high rate quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, off the top of my head, the only team I can think of is uh, – is that Memphis team that blew the lead to Kansas and what was it, like 08? Yep. That yeah, that was not a good free throw shooting team for sure. Team, and it didn't bite them at any point until it did. Until it did, right. It, yeah, it bites you when it bites you, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they had like four NBA guys on that roster. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bite them to the final. Mm-hmm. It'll, you know... But there are there are there are in theory fewer NBA guys on this roster, so it'll bite them sooner. I think uh, I think that is safe to say. I don't think there's four NBA guys on the roster. I don't think so either. That's not. Yeah, I mean, but the the point but the point is the free throw shooting is going to be an issue eventually. I mean, it already it it already is. It's just not to a high degree because they're winning at they're winning most of their games more than most of their games. 
So it's not like if it keeps them from the Sweet 16, somebody's going to riot. I mean, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, if that if that if they get to that second round game and free throw shooting is the reason they don't make the Sweet 16, yeah, yeah that will be not great. There will be there will be a riot. Like that's a riot, really. You think they'll? Yeah, that's full on. Well, full no, on. it'll be uh, Crane fans are mostly white people, so it'll be a protest. Oh, you went there. So sorry. <laughs> Never got to erase this whole podcast now. That's lovely. <laughs> he just um, just went and done and said that just right there. That was a joke. It didn't feel like a joke. It felt like you meant that. <laughs> That's a man right there that has lost his hunger. He's secure in his job title, and he just says things because he has that job security. That that's whatever, what dude. I said that. I said I've been saying stuff like that. On Wait, uh, we've been talking about free throw shooting on every. I don't remember that being uttered on this podcast before for free throw shooting related. No, not free throw shooting related. Well, that's what the topic was, and you went straight there. How do we end, we ended there on a topic of free throw shooting? So see where well, you took. See where you were willing to take that because of how confident you are right now? <laughs> <laughs> that's how much swagger you're working with. You went all the way there on a topic of free throw shooting. So that's what I mean. Normally you take that in a different direction. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on my mood. Okay, we'll fair enough. Honest. So we got you in one of those days, huh? Well, I mean, listen. I thought we just played this. Do I want to play the Steph Curry clip again to put you in a better mood? Maybe? I might do because I watched – I had to watch the piss poor defensive effort from Creighton today, and now I've got in the background, I've got uh, Nebraska pissing away like a fifteen point lead to to Minnesota. So. Wait, the, Nebraska had a fifteen point lead in a Big Ten oh, conference it like, well, game. Like, it was a lead, Whoa. and now it's seventy four seventy three with thirteen seconds left. <laughs> Is it seriously? Yeah. Can you can you give me play that play of the? rest of it like who's yeah, got they're the ball? In a timeout right now. i'll let you know when they come back who has the ball um i think nebraska does i think minnesota just scored okay well, i don't know i was trying to do a podcast but i wasn't paying like a ton of attention no that's fair i wouldn't pay attention to it in any regard so yeah it's i mean good. there's a i have a certain uh job obligation now yeah you know what that's good because it brings us into our very next question um this is from jasker fan o2 I thought Ravi Lula was a Nebraska media member now. Is he allowed on a Blue Jay podcast anymore? Well, yes, because he is on one currently. Are you a Nebraska media member right now? Is that what you officially are? Because 93, the ticket's in a Lincoln radio station, right? Yeah. Also, I don't know because, like, I still am getting paid, like, literally by the university or Creighton University to do Creighton Athletics Hour and by the radio station to do – pre-game for creating games so i mean i'm do both so you're just a know. you're just a j square media member is what you are i guess like it makes sense it's why would you get, why, what do you mean you guess what else is there there's no middle ground there if you do both well so here's here's kind of how i view it is unless you are like a beat writer for a team i don't consider you affiliated for a team like I consider myself a radio personality that just I do some Creighton work and then I have a 93.7 gig. Mm-hmm. But like the 93.7 gig isn't a beat writer job for Nebraska or like a beat job. Uh, they must not talk to you about that because they're expecting a certain tone out of that show, sir. 
<laughs> if you think if you think same old Robbie's gonna roll into Lincoln and start talking about what same old Robbie wants to talk about, you're in for a rude awakening. I mean, Robbie or, or they are. Or they are. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about kind of whatever I want to talk about. If it's not <laughs> like we find out, right? Yeah, I wonder if that was laid out in any of these negotiations. Because do they know what they're getting into? What were your tryouts well, like? What were your, what were your what were your topics during the tryout? So I didn't try out this time because oh, I had um I had gone for the job this same job last year and I'd like submitted the reel and I came in for a tryout show so they were pretty familiar with me um but I made sure on my on the reel that I submitted like I put a pretty good representation of me as a human being uh-huh uh so they give many did you give them any January 7th 2021 audio on there or well, that was prior to me submitting, or that was a half five. Yeah, so they haven't seen they haven't seen that yet, then, huh? Um, <laughs> so if there's another yeah. white supremacist insurrection, then you're, you're gonna get a different version of Robbie. They haven't. I'm heard going of. hard in the paint. <laughs> um, and if you know Robbie, he likes to live uh, from the three. So if he goes in the paint, he's taking he's catching bodies. That's 100 percent accurate. Yeah, um, he's not going in there unless he knows he can catch a body. That's that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, I feel, I feel like it's, if you're not on, like, I'm not assigned to a team. Mm-hmm. I understand that a lot of our coverage is going to be Nebraska centric in Lincoln. Yes. But a lot of the coverage at 1620 is Nebraska centric in Omaha anyway. That's very you know fair. What I mean, like it's yeah, Nebraska is the biggest draw in terms of sports. Nebraska football is the biggest draw in sports mm-hmm. in the state. So that's going to be the main topic in Omaha and Lincoln. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong there. I I, I think the one thing I'll say to that is your caller base <laughs> might be different in Lincoln than it is in Omaha. I mean, the caller base more for that show, more rabid in a sense type of deal. So. I don't know. Like the the show that they've created is kind of a like it feels much more like a personality driven show. Oh, okay. Which is good for me. It um, is. Connor my co-host or i guess i'm his co-host i don't know he's the he's the lead um he's kind of created this show that it's it's very much like it there obviously is some of the rabid husker fan rabid sports fan whatever but it's very much of like a hey we're just here to have fun like we're here to entertain you type thing um and not as much like if Nebraska doesn't win this next game, the entire state economy is going to collapse and everybody should hate their lives. <laughs> you know, it's like, a, oh, well, they lost another basketball game. You notice anything happened that different this time? Nope. They're still bad at basketball. Got it. So, you know, it's uh, at least so far, I've only been doing it a couple of weeks, but I haven't noticed like a rabid fan base that is coming for my head for my, Creighton Omaha ties. It's just like a, hey, this guy makes the show fun. We like it. Gotcha. What's the show called? What's called the Drive. Show? It's just called the Drive with. Yeah. Drive with. with Connor and Robbie. With Connor and Robbie. Oh, so your name yeah. is in there. Well, it's in like the like it's in the like bumps and stuff. Hmm. Like the Drive with Connor Happer and Robbie Lula. So I don't know if that's the official name of the show or if it's just officially called the Drive. Like on sportsmanlike conduct, you just call them sportsmanlike conduct, right? Yeah. And then they say with John Bishop and Josh Peterson. So I don't know if it's like that. 
So what's going on with the rest of this uh, basketball game there? Uh, we're 76-74, four seconds left. Nebraska is about to shoot free throws. Oh, okay. I think they have it, but there was a dicey second. There's a dicey thing a second ago where uh, Nebraska was up three and they fouled a guy because uh, they apparently wanted to foul up three. But he was real close to getting a shot up oh. when they fouled him. That would be a perfect way for Nebraska to give up the tie. It basically. would be like the most Nebraska thing to ever happen. For sure. It's a foul a guy in motion when they were trying to prevent him from shooting a three. But the the ref ruled, I think correctly, that he was on the ground. You think correctly on your first look at it? Well, yeah. So he, he hits him on the hip prior to the shot movement. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of holds on. Like he just kind of keeps riding him into the shot. So it looks like he gets fouled on the shot, but contact occurred well before that. So you would have ruled it on the floor. Yes. Okay. If you were Carl, would you have would you have thought you got fouled shooting? What's that? Would you have thought you got fouled shooting if you were on the floor? If you were Carr, Marcus Carr? Um, probably not. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to gauge the uh, level of your your analysis there. I mean, like based on your perspectives objectively I think there was another dribble after contact was initiated before he went up into the shot gotcha but like he made contact throughout the entire process mm-hmm. so well in that case then Minnesota is not an NCAA tournament team at all for sure right that's like that's it I didn't think they were before were they I don't know I feel like every team in the Big Ten is one win away for some freaking reason it's because they didn't have a non-conference to remind everyone that they weren't as good as everybody thinks they are. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, that's the real reason. Feels feels like that a little bit, yeah. Like, Iowa's not a top, like, 10 team in the country. They're good. They're mm. good. A lot of teams have built resumes off beating Iowa in this conference. Like, Ohio State beat Iowa, and that's then they the were point, a top. Right? Yeah. The resume by beating yeah. Iowa? yeah. And Iowa doesn't uh-huh. beat it. <laughs> I know. I love it. You know, what I, and I love how, like, the Big East is beating the crap out of each other this year. And, and they're like, oh, down league. Down, down league. Down, yeah. But, I like, it's, some of that got exposed a little bit because Marquette went into North Carolina and waxed them. Like, that was not a close game. Yeah. Was, and then you it got was like It was like a five-possession game most of the time. Yeah. And least. then UConn was like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. And then UConn goes and then, in and waxes Marquette. And then and North Florida Carolina, State, because- Florida State, who's like, you know, one of these like trendy Final Four pick, maybe an outside chance at a one seed if they can get hot. Hell no. uh, rolls into rolls into Chapel Hill and loses too. Like so, you Here's know what I mean? Problem so it's like the ACC super amazing. Like Duke, Duke loses tonight to Louisville at home after Louisville just got boat raced by Carolina. So is the ACC good at all? Is it better than the Big East? Because everybody, I think, would tell you it is. But we have a pretty weird – we have a weird situation going on where this Marquette team that can't beat a single Big East team, including DePaul, uh, <laughs> including DePaul, rolled into Chapel Hill and handed it to the Tar Heels, a Tar Heels team that had just smoked Louisville and now has beaten Florida State. Like what? Yeah. Are we are we done with this crap yet? Are we stop? Are we gonna stop using the net like it's a religious, religious text? 
and start actually the watching games. Cross pollination. That's the problem. What's that? The net only works when there's cross pollination between leagues. True. I know. It, That's what I'm, I know. I totally agree. There wasn't enough of that. And so it's like, but everybody's talking about quads and stuff. And I'm like, the quads are net based. So why are we talking matter. about, yeah, yeah, why are we still talking? Why are we still talking quads? Yeah, it doesn't, they don't matter. I, don't I mean, San Diego it's, state, San Diego state looks pretty good. Right. Don't you think so? I think so. Sure. Yeah. 18 and four. I think they look pretty good. I think they're like in a six, seven, five seed range based on how they're playing. And they have zero quad, quad one wins. None. Goose egg. I mean, that happens a lot when you're in the Mountain West, any like in one of those mid-majors anyway, a lot of times. Yeah. Well, last year, but last year with the normal non-con, San Diego State got to beat Iowa and Creighton. Yeah, for sure. So they, no, so they carried like, quad ones. They carried quad ones the whole deal. Like No, for idiots. sure. But like. Uh, this year, their best wins like a blowout of UCLA. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like. Yeah, Mick Cronin. I hate him. <laughs> I do. I hate him so much. I hate him um, so much. <laughs> he, yeah, like uh, they, they've got uh, they've got Minnesota's resume up right now. They're four. They do. They, see, listen to me. That's what I'm freaking talking about. They actually put Minnesota's resume on the screen after they lost to Nebraska. Yeah. Because they want to talk about Minnesota's chances, which they're should be four, zero. They're four and nine in quad one. Okay. Uh, they put the, their nets still like 65. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, really? The net should be like 120. Honestly, Nebraska's net should be 200 plus. Yeah. What's the, what's, I want to look up Nebraska's net because that thing it was just on there. It was 144. What, they just, they put Nebraska's resume on the screen? No, it was there. They were showing quad four losses. Oh, okay. In Minnesota. So what is Nebraska? <laughs> what's Nebraska? 144. Dude, really? They're like, that's what are they, six, six and 17, and they're a top 150 team? Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> top 150 is Q3, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. So they're a Q3 team with a 20% win percentage, essentially? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> stop. We got to stop using this thing for a minute. Yeah, just like it was built. It was built to withstand like a thirty-five games, a thirty-game sampling with non-cons and conference slates, and like four months of four months of of basketball. Yeah, that with a third of that being non-con games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was what it was designed for. Not for like, hey, here's three non-cons. Go play fifteen conference games, and we'll figure it out from there. We'll figure it out from there, right? God Almighty. Nebraska's a top 150 team in the net. 144, I just saw it. Heavens. And they're probably going to go much higher. They beat 65 tonight, so they're going to go up into the 120s now. Yeah. They'll probably go up 20 spots. Yeah. Because the grouping you're passing there in that 140 to 120 range aren't beating 65 teams. They're not beating top 65 teams. So they're going to pass all those. Minnesota is – I mean, Minnesota is probably closer to 144 than Nebraska. That, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like when you watch Minnesota, don't you look those? Doesn't that look like a top phone 50 team ish? Well, like that's a, that's a, uh, that's a, that's between 100 and 150. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not like this was, I think this was a good way to do this podcast. Cause we kind of just gave people some funny entertainment. Oh yeah. Right? We're all over the place today. Yeah. We analyzed, like we analyzed Creighton enough. 
So, I mean, people don't want to hear us. Talk. Have a loss, but listen to the podcast after every loss this year. It's the same thing. They played bad. <laughs> it is. We've only done six of these, and they've all sounded the same. <laughs> yeah, they weren't engaged, or they weren't executing defensively at the level they needed to, and they weren't hot enough from off uh, from three to overcome it. Right. That's the whole. <laughs> Stop the dribble, maybe, and we'll get a W next time. All right. That's all. <laughs> We should just for the next podcast if they lose, we should just like start the recording and then play a previous podcast, like play a previous lost podcast. Yeah, like, like you set it up with the score and everything, and then yeah. just cut out my audio from this one. Yeah, and just be like, you know, Creighton just didn't execute defensively. They weren't able to uh, stop penetration on 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 ball, and uh, you know, when the defense is compromised, you're always chasing a guy that's open. Just cut that bit out right there, and you'll just be able to play it. <laughs> just loop it. <laughs> that's that's how this team loses, right? You're not you're not wrong. Yeah, this team loses the exact same way. Yeah, every single There's loss is created. Very little variety. It's hilarious, actually, because, like I said, they've had all these games now. They're 22, 23 games into the season, and they still haven't had their teeth kicked in yet. That to me is bizarre. I I, I would hope for their sake that it's not coming. <laughs> because yeah. they're into the wrong part of the season to get a teeth kicking. But that's uh, true. That's accurate. It, it is like when you watch them, you're like, the reason you still have a lot of faith that they're an elite team is because they haven't been overwhelmed yet. Yeah, no one's just been like, hey, we're a lot better than you. Yeah, no one's no one's rolled the ball out and just kicked Creighton's ass this year. So that's that like has, that mean, to you Kansas- tells you that there's something kind of there, there's a high level of basketball being played, even when it's at its like average or worst, you know what I mean? Yeah, their their C minus game is still pretty good. Yeah, it's not like super fun to watch. Well, because what would be their worst performance of the year? What would be you think like what's their F performance this year? If you're just you have to grade the performances, so there's one. If if it, there there's one that has to be the worst, there's one that has to be the best. Like what's, um, their, what's their F game this year so far? Is it just Marquette because they gave up 89 points to Marquette? And I was going to say Mark uh, – I don't know. The Georgetown game's pretty bad. See, I think Georgetown's playing pretty well right now, so I don't know if I would make that the worst. I think that was a good Georgetown team that they played. I don't think that's a good Georgetown team. That seems aggressive. Well, there's 350 of these suckers. There's some, some of them have to be good, not great, right? That seems aggressive. Yeah. What What's Georgetown then? In the net? No, I mean, what are they like? Are they if there's great, good, average, bad, terrible, right? Is that is that the fair those five? That's the five um, classifications. I think Georgetown and Marquette are very similar, and they're just like mediocre to below average. I, see, I think Marquette is bad, and Georgetown is average. I mean, Marquette's had a better season than Georgetown. They have beaten better teams. That is true. And they've beaten Georgetown. Yeah. So, I think yeah. the Georgetown, from both the opponent and watching it, the Georgetown game I w- was the most like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah. See, I think here's the thing, because I, it's not – I'm not judging it on how the other team performed. I'm judging it how Creighton performed versus the other team. I thought Creighton played worse against Marquette than they did against Georgetown. I thought Georgetown in that game just played out of their minds. Uh, maybe. 
I mean, I but it's a, one I of those. from an effort standpoint defensively against Marquette, Creighton was terrible. It's still the See, worst. Think, it's still their worst performance to me, in my opinion, on that side of the floor. I think Marquette has more offensive skill than Georgetown does. Ooh, interesting. Like they have more guys that I would want. Do you, do they? I mean, Garcia. I don't know that I want Carton, but I think he's better yeah, than Carton and Garcia are good players for sure. I just I don't want anybody from Georgetown. None, none, none of them. No, you don't want Wahab. Or Pickett? I mean, is what's the Wahab and Theo John are like a toss up? Are they? I mean, Wahab's probably better at this point in the season, but not enough. I, of I mean, Wahab blocked like 10 shots against St. John's, I think, right? What did he block? Nine? How many shots did he block against St. John's? I mean, okay, yeah. So Wahab's better. Okay. Well, Wahab's like two years younger than him, too. That's so there's fair. Like, there's a trajectory there that's climbing. Yeah, but I don't get him next year. I'm talking about like today. Okay, that's that's okay. That's fine. I understand where you're coming. Well, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll look at the Georgetown box score real quick and see if there's anybody I actually like. <laughs> I have no, I have no interest in Pickett or Blair. None, huh? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, what about little Dante Harris? That little, he's like, a, he's pretty good on ball. I think he like no. heats up. No, okay, no. I've been impressed with his on ball defense. Yeah, I don't like any of those guys. Just hater. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out on Georgetown. I don't like any of those guys. Wahab is the only guy that I would take from Georgetown. Okay. And I'm Marquette. Wahab. Yeah, so Marquette, you like Garcia and Carton, then obviously. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I think they're. Let me see if there's somebody else I would take from Marquette. You're right that I would take Wahab. That was that was an oversight on my part. Um. E- yeah, I don't really care about McEwen. Uh, Jamal Keynes, whatever. Yeah, Garcia and Carton. Those are the only ones. Okay. So the Georgetown home loss is still the worst one to you then? I mean, listen. It's that's, their, like that's, a, their, that's their F performance in your opinion? I mean, we're like splitting hairs here. Like the Marquette's probably a D minus. One of them's a D minus and one of them's an F. So, oh, so they're in the same – the, so you have them in the yeah, same realm. I'm not, like, yeah. pushing back that I think, like, oh, I think they played great against Marquette. It's like, no, they played shit both games. <laughs> I feel worse about the Georgetown loss. Okay. Because I so think what's their So what's their best – what's their – what's their uh, – A? Yeah, what's their A win? Like, what's their A-plus win? Either first Seton Hall or Villanova. Yeah, agreed. Those For are sure. both – I mean, I'll take Villanova because Villanova although it would be it would be freaking scary to see what they looked like with Marcus on the floor against St. John's at home. Yeah, they scored, game, they, they scored ninety-seven without him. Yep. <laughs> like, that might have been a one-twenty game. <laughs> they were okay. Speaking of which, Miller North put up one thirteen in a high school game today. How? Thirty-two who they, minutes. Who they? What? Who they play? Thirteen. Who they play? Norfolk. What's wrong with them? The Class A school, I don't know. I mean, they're a bad Class A school, I think, but it's 113. In 32 minutes? Yeah. Without a shot clock? Yeah. Why? I don't even know how that's possible. I don't think it is. Are you sure you're reading that right? I saw the picture. Their principal tweeted it out. Is he lying? I don't know. I tweeted at the basketball account for some verification. I haven't gotten it yet. You said, hey, can you confirm this? Well, I was like, 
I was like, hey, did Miller North for real put up 113 points in 32 minutes today? Souter retweeted the – let me see here. Now I have to look this up because I don't believe that's possible. I know. I know. So they God. called the so they called, so the thirty two minute. Oh my God, one thirteen to seventy seven. Yeah, what was, what was going on? I don't know. Apparently, Norfolk was like, "Yeah, let's run with Miller North." This seems like a good idea. Holy cow! I haven't seen a box score or anything. My dogs are about to start barking. Just so you know, the wife got home. I can't wait. Let's see how yeah. much. Let's see how much the. See how much. See if Hunter Salas had a crazy line. He probably didn't. That feels like a game that like St. Thomas and Jane Johnson dropped thirty apiece in. <laughs> True. Man, I need a box score from this. I know. I like. I need somebody to give me a box score from that game. Uh, yeah, I want to look at it just to look at it. How do you score one hundred and thirteen points in Nebraska high school? In 32 minutes with no shot clock. Like, that doesn't even... That's what I'm saying. No shot clock, all that stuff. Like, Nebraska high school shouldn't be. You shouldn't. There's no way. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, the losing margin, 77, is a lot. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. That game was absurd. There they are. Those little puppies! Yeah, I don't see anything from this game. All I saw was a picture of the scoreboard. That's, but that confirmed. Yeah, it. That, was, that was their principal, and Sal retweeted it. So, oh really? If Sal retweeted it, I assume it's real. Okay, I'm. That's fine. Right? I mean, he doesn't leave me wrong. Yeah, it looked real. It, yeah, it didn't look shopped at all. I just don't know how that happened. I don't either. I'm completely. I'm befuddled. I, I yeah, I'd love to watch that. See what was I going might on. Reply to the principal and see if I can get a box. Because I mean, like some summer league games don't even get that crazy. No. And those no. things, those things, just you know, are like they have written agreements that they're not going to try defensively sometimes. Because <laughs> I mean, even giving up seventy-seven is a lot. Was Norfolk playing some like weird? I don't know. Maybe junky like ass, a, like gimmick style or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, we're rambling here, and the dogs probably want some loving, so we should wrap this up. I think we've given people enough uh, therapeutic uh, segments here, um, enough non Creighton basketball topics to listen to. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Thank you for your questions. We appreciate it. Thank you to Ravi for hopping on and doing this last minute. Um, I actually, I honestly, I really can't crit- criticize Creighton's performance too much today because I dropped the ball <laughs> on this one too. And I was like, oh, wait, uh, there's three hours before the game and I forgot to find out who's going to come on with me and do this. So <laughs> starting to plan this show on my own and see how like I could analyze it by myself. Um, never tried that one before. So, yeah, but thanks for Robbie for hopping on. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. I appreciate all the uh, appearances you make on my various platforms. Yeah. Between the two of us, we waste a lot of airtime. <laughs> so much airtime. <laughs> so much airtime. <laughs> um, someone should sue us. Like, please stop. Okay. I understand. Oh, listen, they gotta fill the hour somehow. I think they owe us a debt of gratitude. For sure. Yeah. We do go in different somebody, directions. We are versatile. Gotta... We're, we're versatile. 
Somebody's got to fill in the airtime, man. For sure. All right, everybody. Uh, Villanova on Wednesday. We'll come back at you then. Um, until then, everybody have a good weekend. Be safe out there. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you for your questions. We'll talk to you later. Bye.